Welcome to Creative Biolab Science Channel. As an experienced expert and reliable partner, Creative Biolabs is proficient in lipid-based drug delivery and functional liposome development. With versatile methods, diverse products, superior quality, and fast turnaround, we are confident to provide optimum solutions tailored to boost your R&D projects. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. As a sharing guest, Dr. Smith came to our program today as promised. Let's welcome Dr. Smith with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith? Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Beth. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. After Dr. Smith's enthusiastic commentary on Saturday, I believe that our audience has a certain initial understanding of cationic lipids and cationic liposomes. Since cationic liposomes are currently the most widely used lipofection system, they are getting close attention of scientific researchers. Today, we will share some preparation methods for liposomes. What I know is that the same preparation methods used to prepare anionic and neutral liposomes can be used to prepare cationic liposomes. Before explaining the following details, could you briefly describe the typical process for us? Sure. What I want to talk about is the growth process of the myelin pattern after the dry lipid film is hydrated. Generally, the lipids are mixed in the organic phase and allowed to dry. It hydrates during the subsequent stirring process and then shrinks. This ensures that the number of vesicles generated is uniform. The principle is simple. After adding water, the dried crystalline flakes will swell and stirring will destroy the so-called myelin tubules that are growing. Stirring causes the hydrated lipid clusters and particles to self-close into large multilamellar vesicles. They can be sonicated, squeezed, or homogenized to prepare a uniform cluster of vesicles. Finally, multilamellar vesicles are formed. I see. So, what is the first part of preparing liposomes that we are going to talk about? Is it related to the typical process you just talked about? That's right. Let's understand the hydration of lipids first. Generally, a lipid concentration of 5 to 50 millimolar is used. To prepare liposomes with mixed lipid components, the lipid components must be mixed in an organic solvent to ensure the optimal mixing of lipids. The organic solvent is then evaporated and the dried lipids are hydrated with appropriate buffers. The most used organic solvent is chloroform or its mixture with other organic solvents. Lipid films can be prepared in round-bottom glass flasks by rotary evaporation. If you want to increase the lipid surface area, a larger flask would be nice. Subsequently, a very small amount of organic solvent is removed using a vacuum pump in about 10 hours. Trichloromethane, which is the chloroform you just mentioned, has been listed as a carcinogen by the World Health Organization. So, can chloroform be used as an organic solvent for the preparation of liposomes used in humans? Although chloroform can be eliminated relatively quickly, chloroform is not recommended for formulations that will be used in humans. In this case, tertiary butanol can be used instead. This involves two methods of drying lipids. The lipid is weighed into a container and dissolved in the solvent at 30 to 50 degrees Celsius and then is quickly freezed in dry ice ethanol or acetone mixture. The frozen lipid cake is then lyophilized for at least one day. Another method of mixing and drying lipids is spray drying. 
The dried lipid film, cake, or powder is mixed vigorously at a suitable temperature to hydrate it. The temperature is determined concerning the phase transition temperature of the lipid. For example, most cationic lipids contain diolyl or dimeristoyl chains and can be mixed at room temperature. What substances can be used as hydration media? Non-electrolytes such as distilled water, buffer solution, physiological saline, or sugar solution can be used. When used in the body, based on the physiological osmotic pressure, it can be achieved by using 0.9% saline, 5% glucose, or 10% sucrose solution. Hydration should be carried out with vigorous mixing, shaking, or stirring of the hardest lipids above the phase transition temperature. This process should last at least one hour. As far as I know, highly charged lipids can swell into very viscous gels, especially when hydrated with low ionic strength solutions. Why does this phenomenon occur? Is there any way to overcome it? Viscosity is caused by the electrostatic repulsion between the charged lipid bilayers, and it already appears at very low concentrations. The resulting gel can be broken by adding salt or shrinking the sample. In this case, only ultrasound can be used for liposome preparation, because it is almost impossible to empty the hydration container quantitatively. In contrast, for liposomes containing 20-40% to 40 neutral lipids, gelation usually does not occur. I know that one hydration method is to dissolve lipids in ethanol or isopropanol or propylene glycol and inject this solution directly into the water phase during vigorous stirring. Is this method commonly used? Not really. The method you mentioned is a bit complicated. Because this step requires additional dialysis or defiltration to remove organic solvents. However, for topical applications, these solvents are usually not removed because they provide sterile protection. If ethanol injection is used, under the conditions of low-fat concentration and rapid mixing, it may lead to the direct formation of small unilamellar vesicles. How to distinguish whether the resulting lipid vesicles are unilamellar or multilamellar? What are they used for? In the case of a charged double layer, the laminarity is low and birefringence is rarely observed in a polarizing microscope. In some cases, especially at low lipid concentrations, these liposomes can be used directly for gene body formation. However, most applications require smaller and better defined liposomes. For DNA complexation, small unilamellar vesicles are usually the first choice. This is because lipid recombination occurs during the formation of the gene body, and these liposomes are most prone to this transformation. So in this case, the smaller the better. Then how to reduce the size of vesicles? What are the commonly used methods? The size reduction can be achieved by sonication, extrusion, or homogenization. Let's start with the sonication method. It is a commonly used method to create small, unilamellar vesicles from a lamellar dispersion and is well known to disrupt bilayer membranes. The large multilamellar vesicles dispersion is placed in test tubes, which are either sonicated in a bath sonicator or sonicated with a tip. Under normal circumstances, 5 to 10 minutes or more of ultrasound is sufficient to produce small unilamellar vesicles with a radius of fewer than 50 nanometers. Sometimes lipids with a radius of fewer than 20 nanometers can be obtained. Some diacyl cationic lipids can even form micelles. As you mentioned, there are several classifications of sonication processing technology. How to choose a suitable sonication method? 
Bath sonication is preferred because of better temperature control. And the tip of the sonicator can shed titanium particles during the direct sonication process, which must be centrifuged away. Bath sonication requires small sample volumes. During processing, it is recommended to use an argon envelope to reduce lipid oxidation. This method is most suitable for samples that do not swell well or are gilly. In these cases, the lipids must be weighed directly in the test tube where the sonication will be performed. In contrast, tip sonication can handle larger volumes of samples. Based on lipid composition and concentration, processing temperature, ultrasound time and power, sample volume, and other conditions, better energy dissipation can be achieved by carefully adjusting the position of the tip. Thank you so much for your explanation. As far as I know, the homogenization process can quickly reduce vesicle size and layered structure, achieving a smaller vesicle size and reduce the distribution range. So how to make it? Indeed, the homogenization process under high pressure will lead to particle size reduction. This includes two mechanisms, one is the reduction of primary vesicle size, the other is to reduce the number of vesicle aggregation. The vesicles are dispersed by being forced through a small hole and collide into a wall, a small ball, or the tip of the pyramid. Homogenization of multilayered liposomes produces a monolayer mixture. This method was used for the first time in the study of DNA embedding of conventional liposomes. That sounds like a productive method. What are the advantages and disadvantages of this high-pressure homogenization process? The advantages of this method are simple operation, large capacity, and fast speed. While the disadvantage is that the minimum volume is about 10 milliliters and the sample may degrade. In addition, very small lipid particles and some larger lipid particles will pollute the sample. Do you have any tips on the process of using homogenization technology to treat samples? Okay, I do have advice based on my experience. Samples can be run continuously or in batches. Typically, three to five channels through the interaction chamber are sufficient to achieve the minimum size. Further processing will lead to size growth due to too high curvature. Therefore, it is necessary to prevent overtreatment. One mistake people often make is excessive homogenization and poor temperature control. Lipids can be oxidized and hydrolyzed, and liposome samples must be detected to check if they contain lipid degradation products. Careful repair of turbulence in valve tubes and connectors and reduction of possible non-circulating volume points can significantly improve the uniformity of bubble preparation. In any case, terminal filtration is strongly recommended to remove large liposomes. That's a lot of work. Are there any simpler method to reduce the size of lipid vesicles? I think the extrusion method might be a simpler strategy. In this technique, lipid dispersion is forced through filters with different pore sizes. The extrusion method can obtain the best vesicles in terms of size distribution uniformity. It is the best way to control the size distribution of vesicles, especially for larger diameters. More importantly, very convenient and fast extrusion can be carried out in a 1 milliliter syringe kit. In addition to the methods we just mentioned, are there any other lipid preparation methods? Other methods for preparing liposomes include detergent depletion, ether injection, and ethanol injection. These methods are not commonly used. They have never been used to prepare cationic liposomes. 
Referring to the detergent depletion method, it may be useful if some ligand-containing lipids or proteins are contained or embedded in the membrane. The lipid mixture is dissolved by a detergent with high water solubility. The contained components are also dissolved in the detergent solution. The detergent is then removed by dialysis, gel chromatography, or beads using adsorbent detergent. Unilamellar vesicles can be formed by this method. Which liposomes are suitable for the preparation of the detergent depletion method? This method seems not suitable for the large-scale preparation of liposomes. However, it can be used with DNA to coat DNA liposome particles with appropriate double layers. Viral bodies, vesicles containing viral lipids, and some viral proteins are usually produced by this method. Unlike recombinant virions, synthetic virions can be made from appropriate lipids and proteins by using pure compounds and eliminating possible contamination of viral components. As you mentioned earlier, lipids can synthesize the aqueous phase by injecting water. How to operate this process? Ethanol lipid solution is mainly used. Small unilamellar vesicles are formed in the case of rapid injection of low concentration. While using experimentally useful concentrations, the result is an uneven mixture of large multilamellar vesicles, which must be dialyzed to remove organic solvents. One component cationic liposome does not need to prepare films, cakes, or powders. They can be prepared by weighing an appropriate number of liposomes into a tube and directly hydrating. In this case, the hydration step should be carried out more widely, especially when the liposomes are not going to shrink. As mentioned previously, they may expand into gelatin, suggesting that ultrasound treatment should be carried out in the same tube to reduce lipid loss in the formulation. I see. Well, so much for our content today. Thanks to Dr. Smith for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope to see you next time.